Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Sanjeev, so good. How good is it that our church can be a blessing to those in need? Because of your giving, we can make a difference. I honour Sanjeev and Jocelyn, our missions uh, directors. How good are you guys? Uh, Because of you and your faithfulness stepping into this role, you're making a difference in our communities and leading our church. We honour you. We love you. Can we make some noise for Sanjeev and Jocelyn leading our missions focus? Hey, great, uh, great work, Mark, and uh, the boys are gone. Uh, we're heading off. Thanks for leading us. Uh, ben, it's amazing this morning. I loved, uh, loved the worship. Thank you so much. Today, we start a new series. It's called Relationship Goals. This is based on a book um, that came out oh, not so long ago. And uh, Michael Todd just taught uh, a great series um, and uh, very successful in, in permeating a lot of different communities. And so we, we, we based our series on, on some of his content. Of course, we have our own uh, based on God's Word. But I really believe this is a, an important series for us, not just marriage couples, but for us to look at all of our relationships Our relationships with our children, our relationship with our friends, our relationship with our co-workers. What does God's Word have to say about relationships? Now, the title of the series is Goals, Relationship Goals. And a goal is a result which affects when an effort is directed. A result which effort is directed. It's an objective, it's a target. We, we understand goals in life, don't we? We, we have financial goals. We wanna save up, get a deposit, buy a house, be debt free, maybe an investment property. They're, they're goals. We understand goals in finance. We have goals in our business to, to hit KPIs and sales targets. We, we understand goals for our companies. We understand goals for our health, what we eat, now exercise. We, we, this thing called goals, we, we understand. We have goals for our children to help them grow and know the ways of God and find a career at uni or a trade. And so goals is something that's not new to us. What's new to us, I believe, is putting goals into the context of relationships. Because without a goal, we're just kind of wandering along aimlessly. And a goal helps to focus us. But so often our relationships are kind of accidental, aren't they? We meet someone, we start a conversation and they're kind of unintentional and they just sort of happen along and they're unplanned. And instead of having relationship goals, we end up with relationship dramas, don't we? Relationship dramas. So our goal is to have relationship health, not relationship dramas. Imagine if you went to work, right, and you've got no goals. You just show up and you kind of wander around and you just sit in someone else's seat and you type away at answering their emails and answer someone else's phone and, you know, you sh- show up at some meeting that you're not even invited to and uh, there's just no purpose, no plan. You wouldn't last five minutes, would you? Maybe in some jobs you'll last a little bit longer, um, but you wouldn't last too long because we need purpose, we need goals. And that's what we're talking about today, that they, they focus a target. What's stirred in me is goals for my family and for my relationships. I remember talking to Wes a couple of weeks ago in the lobby. He says, my goal is every morning I call my three boys and pray for them at 7am. 
But wow, what a good goal. Uh, I have a goal with my wife. We have Fridays off. It's date day and we spend time together. Surfboard is on the rack. It does not come with us. And uh, Bonnie checks that it's not in the wild track when we go on our date. And we just have that time together. What are the goals in your life? Do you have goals? Have you thought about goals? What, what are the relationship goals? Uh, one of our goals as a church is to grow you to equip you. That's one of our goals for this year. That's why we're having a marriage conference next Saturday. Yay, yay, yay. Uh, nine till 3.30, you're all invited. I think it should all be our goal to grow, to learn, to develop, to, to, to expand our capacity of knowledge when it comes to relationship. So I'm asking every one of you to come to the uh marriage seminar on Saturday for, for couples who are engaged or couples that are married. Now there were five frogs sitting on a log. Four decided to jump off. How many frogs were left? Five frogs sitting on a log. Four decided to hop off. How many are left? Five. Because a decision is not the same as action. You can decide to come to the conference. That doesn't mean you're going to be there. So we are doers. We put to action. And I pray that you'll join Bonnie and I uh, next Saturday as we do our marriage conference. So what is God's goal for our lives? We find in Genesis 2.18, the Lord said, it's not good for man to be what? It's not good for man to be alone. So the first goal we find in Scripture is for man not to be alone. Now, the word alone in the Hebrew actually is spelt B-A-D, bad. That's the Hebrew word for alone. It means to withdraw, to be separated, to be isolated. It's not good to be alone. I'll put it in our language. It's not good to be self-reliant, self-contained, self-determining, self-governing, self-ruling, self-supporting. Now, some of you, you're a little mad at me because you like to be alone. You like your own time. You kind of people annoy you. You hear about this whole quarantine thing and you think, I might like that. And, you know, get food every day and not have to worry about talking to people. Some of the introverts, and they hang on. It might be something. My son returned home from the States. He's got a four-year scholarship playing football at Michigan and he's in quarantine. Have a look. All right, there's Jaden. There he is. See him in the door up there. <laughs> He's in quarantine, stuck up there in the Sofitel, down here, Wentworth. There he is, little J-Dogs, right up there. So funny. Oh my gosh, cannot believe it. There he is, He's waving his little hand. <laughs> it's like he's in a prison. But not a bad prison though, hey. Some of you kind of think quarantine isn't so bad at sometimes. You get three meals a day, no cleaning, no washing. Uh, you just get to enjoy your own company. The problem is God created us for relationship. And so relationship isn't the problem. The problem is there's a lack of direction and goals with our relationships. You might not know, but God had goals for Adam before he met Eve. Before Eve showed up, 
God had goals for Adam. We're going to unpack those goals. In this series, I'm sharing two today and two next week. So you've got to come back next week to get the other two goals that God has for you and your relationships. And I believe that these goals that God had for Adam, He has for you and for me. That these goals that God wanted to establish in Adam before Eve came along, set His success up for the relationship with Eve and it'll be the same for you. So let's go into God's Word and understand what are these goals that God wants to establish in us. We find it in Genesis 2 verse 8. Then the Lord planted a garden in Eve on the east. And there He what? He placed the man He had made. Underline the word placed. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground and trees were beautiful that they, what they produced. You can underline that word, produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, He placed a tree of, uh, of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Verse 15, the Lord placed man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch, underline tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you are to surely die, underline except. Now in verse 18, this is where the verse says, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper. But if you can see, there are a lot of verses and a lot of time before Eve came along. What was God doing with Adam before Eve showed up? It's a good question. We don't know how long that timeline was. Scripture doesn't say. But it was long enough that God wanted to establish and create something in Adam before Eve came along. And so we're going to study God's Word and understand that the preparation that God wanted to do in Adam wants to do in us. Even if you're in a relationship right now, you're married or, or, or you're dating or wherever you're at, God still wants to do a work in you and me today. Because often the problem isn't the relationship. You ready? Often the problem is us. You ready? Tell me, say, come on, I'm ready. Come on, I'm ready. All right, let's go. We're gonna show you verse eight. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there He what? He placed, say it with me. There He placed, one more time. There He placed the man He had made. The first goal that God had was to place. Place means to plant or to establish. God placed Adam in the garden to establish a relationship with Him. Before Eve came along, there was this plan that God wanted to establish a relationship with Him. Yet too often we allow people to define our place. I'm gonna move to another city because of a person. or I'm gonna take on a job because of a boss or I'm going because of the promotion or I'm going to that church because of the, the pastor. We have to understand it's God that places us, not people. Does that make sense? Because if people place you somewhere, if you move or do something because of a person, what happens when that person leaves? Or what happens when that person lets you down? Remember, our lives have to be directed by God not by people. Now, once you are placed and established and God leads you, God will bring people into your life so your relationship can flourish. 
But we have to understand, firstly, it's God who places us. It's God who puts us. God placed Adam in the garden because God wanted to grow him. God placed Adam in the garden to build a relationship with him. But so many people are looking for the one to place them. They're going through life, I just wanna find the one. In relationships, our one is always God. Our spouse, our partner is actually our two. God's placed you in a family. God's placed you there. Maybe crazy family. If you don't think it is, you may be the one who's crazy in the family. But there's dysfunction. But God's placed you there. God's put you there. Um, God wants to place you in your job. God, God wants to place you into a church. God wants to place you in, into your career and your school. God wants to place you. Because when God places you, He's the one that leads and directs you. God knows where to put you to get the best out of you. And so just because you're in a place uh, that, that's uncomfortable, you have to decide on the place based on the call of God, not based on ease or comfort or a person. Are we good so far? Let's study a bit further. Psalms 92 verse 12. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted, here's this word again, in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God, representing the presence of the Lord. When we put God first, when we seek first the Kingdom of God, and they will still bear fruit in their old age. Praise the Lord. They will stay fresh, and green proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in Him. There was a pilot flying in South America over the jungle and they lost power in one of the engines and had to make a crash landing. He scoured the landscape and found a whole bunch of palms The pilot knew the strength of a palm tree and knew that if he landed his plane on the palms, although they would bend, they would not break and they would take the fall of the plane. Palms are known of their long life. They're known to stand tall through cyclones and difficult conditions. It's the imagery of Scripture that we stand firm in our character, in our relationship with our God, that we are planted, that our roots go deep. For a cedar, roots could penetrate rock. The only tree that can do that. They grow to 120 feet tall, 30 feet in diameter, representing strength. They're immovable. They were, they were used to build the temple of the Holy Ghost. The, the palms and cedars are solid. They're long lasting. They stand the test of time. They're, they're an example of character. They're an example of what it means to be planted, to be placed. We don't let relationships and people plant and place us. We let God plant and place us. There was a young Christian girl that had a worldly lifestyle. She kind of partied hard and didn't really honour God with her life. And all of a sudden, this hot young man came to church. He was a worshipper. He was the song leader and he loved God and he's out there in the quick fits and he's beautiful man of God. And she said to her dad, Dad, I'd love to marry a man like that. And lovingly, the father looked at her and said, daughter, my darling, a man like that isn't looking for a girl that behaves like you. The first thing we have to do is put God first in our lives. Be planted in the Lord. 
be planted in our relationship with Him. Seek ye first the Kingdom of God and let all these other things be added unto you. But so often we allow pressure to place us, don't we? We allow people to place us. We allow circumstances to move us. God placed Adam in the garden. Imagine if God places him and He says, well, where's Adam gone? You know, he's, he's taken off, you know, he's, he's, he's run down to Melbourne, you know, they've got better coffee down there or he's, you know, headed up to the Goldie because there's warmer weather. You know, no, God placed Adam in the garden. Where has God placed you? If God's placed you, then God will nourish you. He will sustain you. Think about your work, your family, your church, your job, wherever it is. If God, now He'll lead you and He may move you. I get that. God will direct your steps. The Bible clearly says that. But when you are placed, that's the time for you to be planted. That's the time for you to flourish. And then the relationship adds to that. Yet so often people make the relationship the focus, the planting, the goal, and they wonder why their partner can't sustain or meet their needs. The other day I was complaining about my teenagers and uh, just got to be honest and human with you, they were just ungrateful and entitled, you know, parents of teenagers and hormones and, and I was just mad, you know, I was just mad. And Bonnie said to me, Miles, you're turning into a grumpy old man. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, yeah, you, you stop being a grumpy old man. I had to realize God's placed me and He's planted me in my family. Don't complain. Don't whine. Don't woe is me. No, no, step in and lead that family. Bring God's power and presence into it. See God flourishing and building the, the, the families and the relationships. And so that challenged me. Don't complain about your place. Praise God for the garden. Praise God for where He's planted you. For those who are planted here at Elevation, God's brought you here. You didn't end up by chance. God led you, God directed you. This is where you put your roots down. This is where you pray, you give, you serve, you, you make relationships. You, you come to these things that the pastor up there tells you about this crazy conference on Saturday. You, 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 you learn, you grow, you be planted. Number one, has God placed you? We good so far? One goal done, three to go. We're ready to just be done with the one and let's work on that for a little bit. Um, there's more. Verse 15. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to what? To tend and watch over it. The second goal that God gives is purpose. God gives purpose. He gives us a purpose. We have a destiny. We're, there's a calling on our life. There, there's a purpose while we're on planet Earth. Don't let people define your purpose. Let God reveal your purpose. Adam found purpose before he found the person. Adam was tending and watching over the garden way before he met Eve. Adam was working. Work is good. It gives, play, it gives us meaning and purpose. Find your purpose that comes from God. You can't find purpose from another human being. God is the one that gives us purpose. God is the one that gives us calling. God is the one that gives us destiny. Too often we allow people to give us purpose. 
well, my friend wants me to go into this business. There's this cryptocurrency coin and there's a new coin out and it's point, 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 four of a cent and, and he wants me to put 10, 10K into it and, you know, he's a nice guy. And so don't let a person, right, direct your purpose. Oh, you know, this guy wants me to sell vitamins and we're going to go halves and it stops ageing and everyone will be younger forever. You know, let God lead you. Now, God may lead you to start a business and He may lead you to trade and get into crypto, but let God lead you not a person. Well, I met this girl and she's, she's you know, 99.9% there, but she kind of wants to have six kids in the next two weeks. You know, I'm a bit, it's a bit overwhelming. You know, it's like, yes, she's crazy. This is not possible. Oh, I met this guy and, you know, he's into dating. He's just not into that whole commitment thing. And what's it, marriage, a piece of paper anyway? What does that matter? And, uh, you know, he's so nice and I think I can work on him and fix him. No, let God give you purpose. God is the one that gives you destiny. God is the one that gives you purpose. Oh, you know, my wife wants me to stay at home and we'll just homeschool and sew clothes and make butter and, you know, live happily ever after. And, and look, that may be your purpose to homeschool. I'm all about it. I love homeschooling. I tried it. Um, we failed and kids nearly killed me. But, but you know, I, I, I would love to do it. I just, God didn't give me the kids that, that, that would... That would make it. <laughs> so uh, oh, give me the ability to do it. But uh, let God drive your purpose. No, not, not some Google latest fad or idea. Or Let God lead you and give you purpose. Our purpose isn't to please others. Our purpose is to please God. And I think this is a big one in marriages because often we look to our spouse to give us purpose. Only God can give us purpose. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. When you don't have purpose, when you don't have direction that comes from the Lord, the people perish. So what's your purpose? What's, what's your purpose? So many relationships end up breaking because there isn't a purpose. Because a relationship can't bring the purpose. A relationship alone isn't enough to bring the purpose. The purpose has to come from God. For 27 years, Bonnie and I had a purpose even before we were married. Our purpose was one day we wanted to raise children in the ways of the Lord. That, that, that was on my heart. It was on Bonnie's heart before we were married. That was our purpose. And our second purpose was to build the church. And for years we we're in business and we did that financially by giving and serving. And, and now later on, we, we do it by ministering and, and, and spiritually leading. But we always had that purpose. And that helped us, I think. It helped our relationship. Uh, for Bonnie last week at Mother's Day to be able to minister for the first time uh, brought me so much joy. But it wasn't her being on the platform preaching that gave her purpose because she'd been living that purpose for 27 years by supporting me and keeping those kids in line and loving on them and, and serving them and raising them up in the ways of the Lord. So what's your purpose? What's your purpose? We've got to have purpose before we have relationship. And maybe today, What's lacking in your relationship is purpose. Maybe your spouse has purpose, but you don't. Maybe you're kind of looking to your spouse to fulfil you. You're expecting them to do something they were never designed to do. People don't give us purpose. God gives us purpose. What about you today? Do you have that purpose? Do you have that purpose? When you have that purpose, your relationship galvanises around it. It, 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 it strengthens the relationship. 
Adam lived in the garden before he met Eve. God planted him to grow him. First, his relationship with God, that's the priority. Then God gave him purpose to tend and to watch the garden. He had purpose. He was placed. What about you today? Where are you at in your relationships, friends, co-workers, school buddies? Do you know that God has placed you? Do you know that you have purpose? When you know that you're placed and when you know you have purpose, that's where relationships flourish. Father, I pray today as we learn Your Word and we seek You to be placed and we seek You to give us purpose that'll help our relationships to flourish and to grow. And we won't be asking something of our partners that is unfair or unrealistic or they're incapable of delivering. But we can be planted by You. We can get purpose from You. Just let God speak to you. Maybe you got some unhealthy relationships that weren't directed by God. Maybe the garden of a relationship that you're in, God never intended you to be there and it's time to leave that garden. God's got to place you. Maybe you got caught up in a purpose that wasn't God's for you. Maybe it was a bit selfish and you've realised that it's taken a toll. Chasing money, chasing promotion, chasing prestige, chasing recognition, chasing ego. You've got to chase the purpose that God has for you. I pray over every person in this place, we'd be led by you, directed by you, so that we can be planted and we can have purpose. As we enter into a time of ministry, I believe God wants to encourage people today. I believe God wants to minister to people today. I believe there are some people here and you need a word of encouragement for your marriage. It's hard. It's difficult. You've had thoughts of quitting, tapping out, leaving that garden. I want to remind you today, God's placed you. God's placed you. God's placed you. He can sustain you. I want to encourage you that God is enough, that He can cause you to be like a palm and a cedar to flourish in your old age. And God can move and, and step in if you put the priorities right, if you have the goals in order, if you put Him first. I want to encourage whoever it is today that you're hurting. If you seek the Lord, Follow His ways. He'll be faithful. He's a good God. He wants the best for your relationships. He wants them to flourish. I can honestly say my relationship with my wife is the better, best it's ever been. As we continually faithfully served our Lord, He blesses us, blesses us. I can't believe it. There's some pain of growing and changing, but God uses marriage to refine us. Father, I pray for those marriages 
that are being blessed, bless them even more. I pray for those marriages that are struggling. Let us stand firm like cedars and palms, knowing you've placed us in this relationship for it to succeed and flourish. I pray in Jesus' Name. Everyone said, Amen.